Tonight, I'm just going to dig right into the Word if you don't care, uh, and uh, we're going to see, we're going to look at a, uh, a message tonight titled, Loved from Afar. Loved from Afar. Did you know somebody loved you from a distance? And uh, something you may have, you may have, you may think I'm talking about a secret admirer. You may have had a secret admirer. You had somebody you loved from afar. You couldn't tell them about it as a kid. I remember, I remember going to camps and things as a kid, and I'd have somebody I, I really wanted to talk to. I really did, and I wouldn't get the nerve to do it. But we're going to look at someone who loved you from afar in Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. Excuse me, verse 3 through 14. If you've got that, stand for the reading of the word. And the word says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, and and wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according unto his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation, let me try it again, dispensation, I get it, in the fu- of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in, in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being, there's that word again, predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession Unto the praise of his glory. Oh, you are loved from afar. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty blessings and your mighty power. And Lord, that God, you love us so much. And God, you are so worthy because of all that you've done for us who are unworthy before you. But God, your love is so great. God, help us to understand. Help us to grasp the greatness of your love for us. God, who deserves nothing but you love us so intensely. God, that you would open these blinded eyes that we can see. And that God, we can treasure this love from afar. We thank you, God, for your mighty presence. And you move and speak and move in this altar. And God, do the miraculous tonight through your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Loved from afar. Loved from afar. This is talking about, and, it, and if you get it, I don't know how well we'll get it out here tonight, but you're, you're, this is talking about a God 
who looked at you, and we're going to see a few things about that, with such intense love before you even were in existence. I don't think we can really wrap our minds around that sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes we get in our mind. Let me tell you, let me just be me, okay? I'll tell you about me. Sometimes we get the impression of God that God only loves us when we are just perfect. When we've done it all right, we paid our tithes this week, and we come to both services, and we came to prayer service, and we didn't talk about anybody today, and we try to do everything right. We've been reading our Bible, and therefore, sometimes we can think, God, well, God loves me more today. He loves me more today. But when you get a hold of this chapter right here, you're going to see that what it's talking about was before you did one thing. God who knows every detail of your life. God who knew you before He spoke the first star into existence. Before He said, let there be light. This word is talking to us about a God who knew you. That, we can't hardly wrap our minds around. He not only loved you, He knew you. He knew everything about you. And yet, he, and he also knew every flaw, your greatest weakness, your greatest mistake you ever are going to make or have made. He knew all the dirty things in your heart that maybe nobody else even knows of who you used to be. There's things about my, me, who I used to be, I would never, I, I, I wish I could just forget it myself. But God knew that. And this scripture is talking about a God who before the foundation of the world, he loved you so much and it caused him to do some things when you really love somebody you can't help but show it you can't let me tell you you can tell me all day long you love somebody or you love your kids or you love but if you don't even get around them you don't sacrifice for them you're not preparing for them you're not worried about them you're not trying to uh, encourage them if they're sick you want to help them whatever it is you go out of your way for the things or people you love when someone is sick that you love your heart breaks you cry, cry and pray when someone you love is, is not saved your heart breaks because you want them to receive what God has for them and you worry about it this is God does some things because he loved you you got to grasp that because don't let the enemy tell you no God don't love me because I'm not as good as that person no God loved you so much that even while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. And in fact, it says Christ died for you and me before the foundation of the world. Before they, they knew all the things that was going to happen. And he said, still said, let's still do it. Let there be light. And then he started creating and he brought man. He had fellowship in the garden knowing what was getting ready to happen. He enjoys, he loves every minute of his fellowship with his creation. He loves us so much. So his love is important. So we're going to look at today five things tonight that God has done in this scripture because of his great love for you. Number one, because he loved you, it says he has blessed you. Now, if you look at that first verse we read, which was verse 3, the word blessed is in there two different times and it has two different meanings and it has two different objects. What am I talking about? This word blessed, is, it has two, they're two totally different words. They mean different things and their affection and their meaning is toward two different, they're not toward the same person. Here's what I'm saying. Number one, it says at the beginning, blessed be 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's talking about because of what God has done for us and what He's getting ready to expose. He's saying God deserves praise and worship. He deserves praise and worship because of how great God is. One of the worst things we can do is is to think that God doesn't deserve. God, you, you know, I don't feel like praising you right now. I don't feel like it. My day is going rough. And what, the, what uh, Paul is saying here in this deal is, if you get a picture of who God is, He's worthy of being praised. This, is talk, this blessing is talking about worship. This praise here, this blessing, is talking about God deserves our praise. Because of what I'm getting ready to tell you. But it doesn't stop there. Here's, one of the, here's the other reason when it says blessed. It goes on, the second half says, who has blessed? This is, this is when God reached out and did great things for you and for me. It says, because he loved us so much, God, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through his son Jesus Christ. What it's talking about before you were born. Even this moment, God has laid up for you blessings and wonderful privilege and things that He wants to pour out in your life. It's already there. It's already made available. Your name's already on it. And all we got to do is reach out and take hold of it. It's already yours. It's already yours. It's talking about, this second one is talking about blessing from God to you. He's already poured it out. Let me give you an illustration. And you all can relate to this. More than Christmas, throughout the year, throughout the year, there's, if you have kids, especially they move out of the house. I, my, I, got the, I finally got the empty nest syndrome, okay? Some of you all have had it for a long time. I, 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 I did not look forward to it. I, it does have some uh, privilege. I mean, it's got some good stuff to it, too. I thought I was going to die, but it, the Lord's helping me through it. But it makes me more conscious than ever when they're not there, you think about them. There's times that you know something they need. And you go and you buy it, and you have it ready for them. Now, they may not even know it. Their name is already attached to it. That is in your possession, but it's already theirs. They don't even know it yet. You can't wait to do something good for them, and you're looking for an opportunity when they come to you, or you will make a special trip to go to them so that you can bestow something upon them. It was already theirs, and they didn't even know about it. Even sometimes there's things you may already have. My kids, when they moved out, I did stuff for both of them because my daughter moved out second. She had no tools. You know, Your son, Jordan, he had some tools. Megan had none. So she needed a tool or two. You know, she kept asking, Dad, I need a, I need a little drill, and I need to buy a little drill, and what do, you, what do I need to get? And, the, and I knew I had surplus, okay? So I had ready for her. When she came over the next time, and it sat there, it sat there for several days waiting for her just to come and get it. She didn't even know it was there. She didn't even know it was ready for her, but I knew she had a need. And when she came, all of a sudden she had a new little toolbox, and inside was not just what she asked for. It had a drill. Uh, but it also had some other tools. You're going to need this. And you're going to need that. 
And you might need this. And if I come over, I might need that. And so she had a whole toolbox to take home. So I felt bad. My son's got stuff. So I need to do something for my son. Well, he had a certain type of drill that I had surplus on. And so I got together two drills, two different type of drills, a charger, the bat, you know, a whole deal. So I called him up a few days ago. I'm not bragging on him. It's nothing. I'm this, you do this stuff for your kids. But I called him and said, son, you mentioned you needed this certain, you needed an impact driver, uh, screwdriver, or a drill. And you don't have, you still don't have, no. I said, well, I've got you. Why, Dad? What you, he's asking, why are, you, why are you doing this? Why are you coming? Why, you got two drills? You're giving me two? Dad, is, is, do you think I can't do I? Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> I'm your dad. I want to do this for you. And so I drive to him. This is the difference. These are the two different circumstances. She came, and when she got there, something was hers she didn't even know about. On his situation, I went to him. It was in my car for several days. I waited. He didn't show up. I actually responded to him. Yes. Called him and said, I'm coming. I'm coming to bring blessing to you. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. That's, this is what God is talking about. God has got things for you that your name is already on it. You may not even know its existence. You don't even know that he's got this for you. You are sitting around and you, you may need it and so forth. But listen... Go running for it. Go to get in his presence and see what he'll pour out. That's why these prayer services are important. And there's sometimes God will pursue you just to bless you. Amen. He'll chase you down sometimes just to show you he loves you. Amen? So he, the first thing he did is he, he blessed us. He's blessed us from the beginning of time before you were born. He laid up stuff and your name on it. And it's yours. Don't let it go. Don't walk away from it. Say, God, whatever you got, I want it all. You know what else? It says in verse 4, He has chosen you. This is beautiful. This is so beautiful when you get a grasp, grasp on it. It says, according, in verse 4, according as He hath chosen us. He chose you. No, you, you, you mean when I was good. No, when you were vile. When he said, he doesn't, he sees your sin, but he sees what he's going to do in your life. See, he's looking not only, we're going to look at that in a minute. He's not only looking at, from afar at who you were going to be. And he's not only looking at where you are today, but he's got a plan and he sees that already. And so God chose you because, and when did he choose you? From, it says, from before the foundation of the world. That means the decision to even make the world was still not done. He, he knew he was going to do it. He knew who we were going to be. He could have changed his plans and never done it. But he's seen you and me. And his love for you and me was so great, knowing that we were going to turn from him, knowing that we were going to be sinners. He loved us so much, he said, do it. And we're gonna, you're going to pay the price. And we're going to purchase them back. Because when I look at them, my love for them, it's like your, your grandkids. Your grandkids could break your hearts. Your kids will break your hearts. Have your kids ever broke your My kids hurt me. Ever, sometimes they hurt me. Not much. But they've hurt me a few times. And, and, I've, and I've hurt my parents. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. I, I always thought, Lord, don't let me take, get back what I did to them. Don't let me. But so your kids will hurt you. But listen, let me ask you one question. You'll understand what, what, this, what I'm talking about is. Even if you knew from before they were born, that hurt you're going to feel. Would you ever say, no, I, would, I wish I could go back. <laughs> I wish I could go back and we wouldn't have done this. You may say that, but if you had the choice, 
Would you ever say, you know what you'd say? Absolutely not, because that's only a temporary little thing. But you see, I waited a few more days and I got past that. And it all turns around and it's, it's awesome. And then they brought me grandchildren. And it's like, oh, my Lord, I'd put up with them just for that. You know, so it's God, God sees what he sees, the blessing. He sees you and his love for you is so wonderful that he chose you. He says, I want them. I love them. I choose them. They're mine. It's a wonderful picture. It's, it's talking about he adopted us. Now, it's, it, listen, when you get married and you have children, that we love them and they're awesome. But you didn't get to choose them and say, well, I want that one and I want it to have brown hair. I want it to have blonde hair. And you don't get to pick. It's, it's just a blessing from the Lord. There's what God gave me. There's my child. I love them. No matter what they look like or how they act, they're my children. But this is even greater. He looked you up. He's seen you. You even want you reject him, and yet he chooses us as if he's a, and, he, and adoption is a powerful thing. It's talking about here. I was reading. You, you all remember? Uh, we kind of shortened it a little bit, but David Platt is a is a uh, a minister, and he him and his wife, and he's 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 younger than I am. They couldn't. They went several years, maybe fifteen, couldn't have kids, and uh, their heart they wanted children really bad. And uh, so they started praying about adoption. And so they, they didn't know what to do, and they didn't know, you know, there was all these opportunities, and, and uh, it's a big process. And, and you, you definitely want the Lord to be involved. So they laid out on their table a big map of the whole world. And they said, Lord, help us. And over a period of time, kept praying, Lord, where do we need to pursue to find our child. And they said after a period of time, God put in her heart uh, Kazakhstan, or Kazakhstan. And they said, we didn't even know where that existed. I don't know how he didn't give the details of how they picked that area. They had no idea anything, but God put that place on their heart. And so they started preparing and started working with an organization that adopted children from Kazakhstan. And for 10 months, or actually a year, they worked and prayed and waited and prayed. And they were, their heart was already made up. They, after, uh, after 10 months of going through this process, they get a phone call. We've got you a son. He's 10 months old. So they started praying for this child two months before he was even born. He was now left in a... Children's orphanage abandoned at birth by a, a, a family. And the, he fit the criteria of a child that they were looking for. And so they, on uh, I think it was really uh, nice that it was on um, Valentine's Day, they flew out to go get the child. And they arrived the next day. And they walked into the nursery, I mean, into this hospital where this child was, this orphanage hospital for children, and they were handed their son, he was, he was a 10-month-old baby. Now, the thing he talks about was, he says, adoption is not something that the child's doing. There's no effort comes forth from the child. The child doesn't even know they need a parent. They don't need... He's saying that two months before he was even born, we already was loving him. 
We were already looking for him. We were already had chosen him. And he really did not understand the significance of the fact that someone from across the world went to great lengths to go and to choose him. That's my son, and I will love him forever, and he has all my possessions, and this is someone I choose to love. Someone I choose to be my son. And God looked at us when we didn't even know we needed a Savior. And He says, I choose you because I love you. What a tremendous thing. Before you existed, He knew you and chose you. Before you knew He existed, He loved you and chose you. Even when you rejected Him, He chose you. So we see that this scripture says that God is worthy of praise because he has blessed you with all these wonderful things that still sitting there, some of those with your name on. He chose you before time began. He chose you. He loves you. Don't forget that. Do you know it goes on in verse 5 and tells us that he has pleasure in you. His pleasure is thinking of you and doing things in your... Wow, what a tremendous thing. It says in verse 5, having predestined us, he, he, this, was his, this was his plan. I'm going to love them. I'm going to yeah. do a work in their life. That person is going to know my love. This was just like the, the Platts chose that. I'm, I'm choosing that kid's going to be mine. That is my child. And so it says that he predestined us unto... The adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. He said, that's my son. That's my daughter. I choose you. And it goes on and says, according to the good pleasure of his will. The pleasure of his... It's saying that when he looks at you, when he thinks of you, his plan for what he wants to do to you is his good pleasure. He is joyous. When he thinks about you. I, I, it's easy to figure that one out. Think of your grandkids or, or whatever. And, or, and, 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 and uh, you know what I'm talking about. Is that you think about your kids. You think about, hey, you think about doing good things. And it's just like, a, and somebody will say, what are you smiling about? What are you having? Oh, I was just thinking about my you know, grandkids. I was just thinking about my kids. And I was just thinking how much, you know, you think. It, they, uh, you get little videos. My son sends me. Of, of Lily, his daughter, he sends little videos and, and, and Hannah does all the time, little things she'll do stuff or, or as soon as she gets back in the car, she'll, she'll be asking for us and, she'll, and there'll be little video clips come. And it's like, whoo, you want to watch that stuff all the time. And, you, and what are you doing when you think about it? You smile, right? Yeah. You, that gives you pleasure. Yeah. God thinks of you. God thinks of you. God thought of you coming to prayer service tonight. And he had a smile on his face because he said, oh, I, boy, this is going to be good. I can't wait. I've been wanting to spend more time with him. And so he has pleasure in you. Verse 9 says something about that too. It talks about that pleasure again. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his what? Good pleasure. Hallelujah. Which he hath purposed in himself. He did all the work. God from the beginning of time said, it's, nobody knows how good this is going to be. I'm going to do good things. And, I'm, and I've got things. I'm going to bring heaven down to earth. And I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to save him. And I'm going to make a plan. And you know what the greatest thing is? You don't know the best part. 
We ain't got there yet. I almost titled this tonight, the best is yet to come, because that's the truth. The thing that gives God the greatest joy is the fact that this is, this is temporary. He's looking at bigger and better things that he's going to do in your life and my life. He has pleasure when he thinks of you. Hallelujah. He made a willing choice through his holy will, and it gives him joy to, when he makes you his son or daughter. It gives him joy to think about you. Hallelujah. So if we know that our relationship with him gives him joy, God's not, you, you mean God's not look at me like this? Oh, I just, you kill me. You kill me. <laughs> no. God's looking at you and he sees what you can be. He sees what he's planned for you. And so God has pleasure. And so if we know that God has pleasure when he thinks of us, should it not cause us to pursue even a deeper relationship with him because he wants to love us more. And we are sometimes the one, we are always the one that kind of holds it back. So we see that uh, this, 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 these verses are wonderful. God deserves praise because he's blessed you and me. We see that he's chosen you and me. We see that he has pleasure in you and me. You know what else? He has, of course, we know, this is the one we know, John. God has redeemed you. See, you had a price tag. You, there, there, is, there, is, uh, there was a big price tag to pay. You couldn't pay it. You couldn't pay it. It was impossible. There was, there was an obstacle between you getting what he had for you, and it was called sin. There was a separation. There was the devil. The enemy put a cog in the works and said, Yeah, you love him so much, but I'm going to cut you off. And I'm going to cause sin to enter the world, and that will keep you away from them. You can't have sin in your presence, so I'll put sin in the world, and I'll cheat every single living soul away from the, all the good things you've got prepared. I can't have it, and they ain't going to have it either. And so he wants you to miss out on all these wonderful things that God has for you. So God's plan was, the devil don't know God's plan. It was to redeem you, to pay the price so that he could bring you back in right relationship with him. So it says in verse 7, in whom we have redemption purchased through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. God loved you and me so much. He paid the price. We sinned against him and he paid the price. I was reading a little story about a, a mom and dad that was having some real struggles with their little boy. He's a small, young kid. And he went to school and he played after school and it was down, just down the street. And he got, oh, I mean, of course, <laughs> you'd think that a good, uh, good, good belt would take care of some of this, but I'm online here. So, but the story was that he kept coming home late from school. And his mom and dad worried about him, as you all would. You know, he wanted to play, and he had all these excuses. And he kept saying, son, you've got to come home as soon as school's over. And he would always have an excuse like, mom, dad, and he'd come home late. So they laid the law down to him. They said, son, this is it. You have got to come home on time. Do not be late tomorrow. He came home later than normal. He came home later normal. When he come in, he could see on his mom's face she was hurt. She was so hurt that he'd done that. He's waiting for the boom to drop. And he said he went all the way to supper time, and he come out to his room, and he came down. He starved because he was he's a kid. He was young. But when he got to the dinner table and they all sat down, 
his plate was sitting there, and all it had on it was a piece of bread and a glass of water. That's all he had. He looked across the table, and there was his dad's plate. Boy, it looked good. It was full of meat and potatoes and mac and cheese and all the good stuff. I mean, it had big rolls and with butter on it, and he probably had some dessert sitting there. And his mouth was watered, and so they sat there for a few minutes, nobody eating, and he had this. Now, he had a sad look on his face. <laughs> his mom had one earlier, now he did. And so the dad just sat there, and he sat there, and he realized, well, I deserve this. That's what I get. But the dad did something he didn't expect. The dad took the plate that had the slice of bread and the water, and he pulled it over to where he was sitting. And he took his plate that was loaded up and his drink and his dessert and he pushed it over in front of the sun. He smiled at the sun and he started eating the piece of bread and he drank the water and he was done. That young man said later in his life, he said, there was never a greater illustration to me in my life of what God did for me than what my dad did that night. He got the message. God redeemed you. We didn't deserve it. We did the sinning. He did the paying. So he's saying we should praise him because of what he did for us, that he did this incredible thing, that he poured out his spirit and he paid the price for us. In fact, in, in that, that verse 8 that says, wherein he hath abounded toward us in wisdom. I want, I, you've got to see it. The, the NIV, it's a little clear because it says that he lavished. You understand that word? He lavished his grace and his mercy on it. He was just overflowing with it. He poured it all over you. It just comes spilling out everywhere. Why? Because he loves you so much. I don't care how big your sin was. His love is greater. His mercy is greater. And he paid the price no matter how deep your sins were. He abounded that much more. He was lavish with us. So we see now that the Lord deserves praise. His love from afar shows that he's blessed us before time began. He chose you before time began. He has pleasure in you when he thought about you and still does to this day. Uh, for Even before time, he's redeemed you. He paid the price. Finally, we see that he has, I love this one, he claimed you. You're his. You're his. You, you don't have to talk to kids much about that. Just go to the nursery. Just go to the school and whatever. And get, there's one toy. And I don't care what, let me tell you, whatever, to, I don't care how crazy the toy is. If there's one, everybody wants it. And somebody says, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. And somebody says, no, that's mine. And so there's there, everybody trying to get credit or take something. This verse here is talking about God claimed you. It says in verse 13, in whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of faith, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after ye that or that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. God put His Spirit. He marked you and said, "Mine. That's mine." You know, there's a couple things. One, you remember, remember uh, the night that the. Hebrews were getting ready to leave Egypt. 
And God's getting ready to send that death angel. And he told them, my people, listen, here's what I want you to do. He told them the exact, you need to get a lamb and you need to cook it and you need to mix it with these bitter herbs and you need to do it this way and you need to eat it really quickly and then you need to take the blood and then you need to pour, take the blood, smear it over the doorpost and, and, and I'm going to pass by the Passover. So the angel comes and he's coming and he's getting ready to pour out his wrath. And every single door that he came in Hebron and he comes and he sees the blood over the door. He says, well, that's God. God said, mine, mine. Those people are mine. He chose them. Let me tell you another one. Let me tell you some of you all can relate to this even more. How many in here not to have somebody, and some of you may want one of these on, and you'll get one. But how many, some of you have something on, I mean, you know, if I was real holiness, I probably wouldn't have this. But uh, I've got a ring here. What that tells me, people, I, forget me, my wife's got one. And what help tells people is when they see her, she's mine. That's mine. That's not, that's not available for anybody else. That is mine. That. It's, I chose her, and that's mine. Go find somebody else. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way it was. And it says we've been marked. So just as, and even before that, some of you may have got uh, engaged before you get married, and that person, that, uh, that, that groom-to-be, he buys that, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, he gets the engagement ring, and he gives it to you, and that's a temporary uh, a token that says you're off the market. You're mine. I'm coming back. This is not done, but it's going to be done. And this is my token of affection to you to let the rest of the world to know you're not available. You're mine. You're mine. So what do we do when we're young and we're looking? We see somebody that we're looking. We're trying to see. Well, let me see that hand. Where's that hand? Has it got anything? Why? Because we want to know. Is somebody taking them? And the Lord, the scripture says he's marked you. He chose you. He claimed you. Verse 14 says, which is the earnest, the down payment, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of his glory. It's like saying that ring, that engagement ring, I got to go to work every day. And we're, getting, we're building a house and we're getting ready for all these big things. And every day I think about you. And every day, and every time she looks at, oh, oh my, boy, this wonderful man. Let me tell you. Somebody said, let me tell you about who get. You are, but there's coming. What that says is, this is not a finished product yet. That's wonderful. We're engaged. I think about you all the time. But that's not what, this is not where I want it to stop. I'm not satisfied yet. This is temporary. This is wonderful. I want everybody to know it. I think about you all the time. But there's going to come a day when I'm going to fulfill this. This, this earnest, this down payment is going to get substituted for the full product. I'm going to come and I'm going to add another ring on top of that. And not only that, I'm going to take you home that day. And not only, it's, this is just a promise that that day's coming. And when that day comes, I'm going to finish what I started and I'm going to take you home and we're going to be face to face forever. See, the Lord was come down and he was in the Garden of Eden and he's with his people and he spent time each day with Adam and Eve, but sin separated from them. And so God is not just trying to restore a relationship to where one time a day God comes down and looks at you and you talk to him and you. And 
he talks to you. God looking at, and when he's excited, and when he looks at you and thinks of you, and when he claims you, he's saying, this is not the end product. What I'm doing in your life right now, the way I'm stirring, the way I'm moving, this isn't the finished product because I'm looking at the day that I'm going to come back and send my son to bring you back, and you're going to be in my presence every day, all day long, and you're never going to get out of my presence. And I'm, that's the day that I'm excited about. That's the day that brings the smile to my face because it's not a complete work, but it's going to be. The, that another translation says in that verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of His glory. This is just a down payment. Don't think this is the end of it. You've got, we're just passing through here. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Your love from afar and the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That's how God sees you. God doesn't see you of how you used to be. God doesn't just see you the way you are at this moment. God doesn't just see you how you're going to be next week. He sees the finished product. He sees that time when we're in His presence. When we are worshiping Him and we are face to face. Of course, we'll be on our face. We'll be on our face in His great and glorious presence. We'll be on our face before Him. And we will be in that glory. You know, we get little glimpses of that in prayer. You start seeking God and you start praying. And you start feeling His presence. And all of a sudden you feel, ooh, you feel some good stuff. That's just a little down payment. That's just a down payment of what it's going to be like. You're going to be in an intense mode forever and ever in His glorious presence. That's why right now there's angels flying above His head. And all they can say, He don't do this because they have to do. This is your command. No, they can't think of nothing to say because nothing fits the situation more. Is they fly over with two hands over their wings over their face and two over their body. And with two they do fly. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're in His presence and they get to experience and your day's coming that's what he's thinking he's going to reunite us in his presence forever and so we need to realize he has laid up eternal blessings for you we need to be excited because he has chosen you before the foundation of the world we need to be excited because he has pleasure every time he thinks of you he has redeemed you and paid the price himself and then we see that he's claimed you for his very own for his very own Tonight, as I close, I, wanted, I read this other uh, little story on adoption. And this man was adopting this little boy. And they had waited 15 years to have a child. And they chose this little boy. And they just, their heart was drawn to him. And they had to come before the judge. By the way, you, you, you adopt somebody. And I don't know if anybody here's done that. But supposedly you adopt somebody. There is kids that are adopted have greater privileges than your real kids. You have to put them in your will. At least that used to be the case. You have to do certain things. There's, there's, this kid is, this is yours like it just, he was yours from the beginning. And, and this guy said he stood before the judge. And the judge pointed his finger at him and said, let, let me ask you something, sir. Is there anybody that's coerced you? Is there any reason that other than you love this kid that you've chosen him? Why are you choosing him? Did anybody try to make you do Is there any reason you, and he, and he was shocked. He's like, no, judge. I love this little boy. I want him to be my son. I choose to do it in my own will. He said, very well then. I just wanted to make sure. And here's what he said. Here was his proclamation. From today on, he is your son. He may disappoint you. 
even grieve you, but He is your Son. Everything you own one day will be His, and He will bear your name. Then He looked at the clerk and He gave this command. Go get His birth certificate. Erase the name and put that dad's name on there. That's His dad. That's what He did for us. That's what He did for us. We rejected him. We were lost. And he took us when we get saved. And he took that book. Had all those things on it. And he changed it. He wiped away your sins. And he put, Father is God. God, I'm his father. He's got, he's my son. He's my daughter. And there's an inheritance waiting for them. So we can be excited and worship. So when he... Starts that section out when he says, I'm sorry, I just get kind of choked up thinking about it. Yes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, he's saying, he's thinking of all these things and he's saying, oh, praise you. Yes. Praise you, praise you, praise you because you love me. The guy that was killing Christians, you know. And so we are unworthy just as he. And so when we think about what God has laid up for us. What God is doing in our life and what God, what the best is yet to come. That He loved us from afar. Before the foundation of the world, He loved you so much. It should make us say, Lord, I, I want to spend much more time worshiping you and praising you. Hallelujah. How many thinks He's worthy tonight? Hallelujah. Here's what, here's what I would like to do, if you could. If we could all stand. And listen, all I want you to do, you can do it right where you're at. I want you to spend some time thinking about how much He loves you, what all He's done for you, how worthy He is. And let's, don't be backward, just praise Him because He's your loving Father. He's done so much and He's, is He worthy? Is He worthy? Your name is written. He erased out the name and put His on there. You're His child and He loves you. So let's tonight, let's take a chance. Let's just spend some time thanking Him and praising Him and worshiping Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. Because of Your grace, because of Your, grace, because of your mercy, because You love me, God. Because You cleanse me, God. Because You chose me, God. You redeemed me, Lord. You've blessed me, God. You chose me, God. Oh, Lord, you've got your name on me. You claim me, God. And, Lord, I'm not worthy, God. If anybody is unworthy, it's me. And, God, I thank you tonight. Lord, let our hearts reach up. Let us touch your glorious presence tonight. Lord, let our souls rejoice in who you are. Who you are to us, God. You love us so much. The enemy wants to lie to us and tell us that well, we're not loved. Or we got no plans. Nothing's going to happen good for us. We're not worthy. But God, you're sitting here and saying, I chose you before the world was even born. I chose you. I love you. God, do a work. God, do a work in our hearts and lives. That God, there would be a praise that would come out of us. That there would be a praise that would ring forth to your name and your glory. You chose us, God. You've seen who we are and you chose us because you love us, God. You're a wondrous God. Lord, because you chose us, we choose you, Lord. We long for you, God. Give us a deeper walk. Lord, a deeper relationship than ever before. Let our hearts melt, God. Let us want to put smiles on your face, almighty God.
Oh, Lord, because you've done so much for us. Let us want to tell others what God's doing for them. God, let us tell those that we're praying for. Let me tell you how much God loved you. And God, that you would bring them in. You would do a mighty work, God. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. We worship you. We praise you. Because you're glorious and worthy, God. No one's like you. A holy God that would love me. God, no one's like you. Nothing in this world can ever satisfy me like you. No one's ever going to love me like you. No one's going to have plans for me like you. Oh God, let us long for that day we stand in your presence. This place that we're walking through is temporary. This is not where our joy is really going to come from. It's going to be in your presence one day. Oh God, and you want us to know you're thinking about us and you're moving us toward that. God, do a work. God, do a work. God, do a work. Oh God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, you are worthy.